Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Here's our host, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio. Well, as we've been talking about uh, Chinese spy balloons throughout the course of the week, many thought it was winding down, that this was the beginning of the end of that conversation. Well, it turns out it's actually not. It's actually just the end of the beginning. And it does create an interesting moment. Will it be a moment of more political rhetoric or will it be a galvanizing moment that will actually move the country forward? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day. Think again. Of course, a lot has been said uh, this past week over the Chinese spy balloon and uh, what did and didn't happen. Who knew what, when, where, and why, what should have, could have, would have, might have been done, and a lot of heated political rhetoric in the process. Uh, but often that heated political rhetoric keeps us a safe distance from actually having the conversation we need to have in terms about moving forward. Great piece in the New York Post uh, about the Chinese spy balloon and what it might offer in terms of a possibility and forward movement for the country. And uh, Michael Mazza, who's the uh, non-resident fellow at the American Enterprise Institute, the Global Taiwan Institute, and the German Marshall Fund of the United States, uh, wrote this piece and uh, joins us on the line today. And, uh, Michael, thanks for jumping on. Oh, thanks for having me, Boyd. And so give us some reframing of this. Uh, we know all the, the rhetoric and all of the back-and-forth stuff, but what's the real opportunity? What's the possibility, or how should we look at what has taken place with the Chinese spy balloon? Yeah, yeah. You know, so it was during the Trump administration that the United States sort of uh, officially reconceived of its relationship with China as a competitive one. We refer to it as a strategic competitor. The Biden administration has has maintained that. Um, but I would argue that that neither administration has done a very good job of explaining that to the American people, why it is that, you know, after really decades of of close cooperation, especially in the economic realm, we now find ourselves in this adversarial relationship. And so now we've had this spy balloon, reconnaissance balloon, go over nearly the entirety of the, the continental United States, you know, plus Alaska, plus our, our, our NATO ally, Canada. Americans, for the first time, had a, you know, sort of a tangible experience of what competition with China means. Yeah. Um, and so to me, there's an opportunity here while Americans are thinking about this, while they're listening for the administration, the president in particular, to come out and really explain what this competition is about and what we need to do um, to wage it and ultimately to, to you know be successful. Yeah, I love the way in your piece you said that the opportunity is here to explain, and then it, very important, while Americans are still listening, our attention span is uh, getting smaller and smaller, uh, as you said, to, to look at uh, what uh, China threat looks like, what competition looks like. Uh, and you compared it to a historic thing that I think really hit the nail on the head. Explain that to us. Yeah. So uh, uh, to me, the the useful historic analogy here is is um, the launch of Sputnik uh, in the late 1950s by the Soviet Union. Now, you know, that was an historically much more significant event, right? This was the first time sure. that a man-made object had been put into space. Um, you know, huge deal. 
uh, the the you know the spy balloon is is not uh, is not comparable as far as the significance in human history. But um, what Sputnik did was scare many Americans and give um, sort of renewed impetus to um, to policymakers and legislatures legislators who had ideas for you know for waging the Cold War. Um, and so what we saw come out. In the very, very um, short aftermath of the Sputnik launch was a big expansion in funding for higher education, things like um, you know, funding for science and technology in particular, but also, but also area studies, right? The mm-hmm. sort of the um, was sort of the advent of Sovietology, Kremlinology. Right. Um, we saw, you know, government stand up what eventually became DARPA, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. Um, which is is all about you know being at the leading edge of of defense research and development. Um, so again, I think that there's an opportunity here. I, you know, given that the analogy is not perfect, but because Americans again for the first time really, you know, looked up in the sky and there's China spying spying down on them. That's an opportunity to, to kind of think about what are the big things that we could get done now in this moment. Yeah, and I think that's the the important part of the equation that we have to get to beyond all of the. The shouting, the anger, the yelling and screaming uh, in a lot of the hearings uh, over the last few days. I think one of the moments that, that really struck me the most is this this work that uh, Senator Menendez and Senator Romney have done together to really challenge everybody to say, look, you can't just have a set of, of governing principles. That's good. That's important as it relates to China. And, of course, the administration has said that's, you know, to align and invest and then compete. Um and then they kind of have these ad hoc tactics when balloons fly over or, or things happen. Uh, but that you have to have this comprehensive strategy that's going to require the administration, the agencies, uh, private business. It's going to take a, a real all hands on deck to get a comprehensive strategy uh, that can actually get done. And I think that's what you were allu- alluding to in your piece is that, hey, here's here's the moment. Here's the opportunity. It's not going to be a balloon race, uh, but we got to be looking at our overarching strategy and tactics got to have both of those uh, if we're actually going to to deal with china in in the proper way i'm dave Colley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast cold in october of 1985 a woman named sheree warren left work at a busy salt lake city office to meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership she never made it home Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Yes, uh, I mean, that's absolutely right. And it, it is an enormous enormously difficult task for the United States government to organize itself in that way, um, to be able to sort of pull a wide variety of strings, if you will, um, and and get various agencies, um, you know, various uh, pieces of uh, the military pushing in the same direction. That's very difficult. But this is the moment to make progress in that regard. I think you make a very good, good point in that it is a moment to 
begin to bring the private sector on board. Right, that, That's already been happening really since uh, the outbreak of COVID in, in 2020, where mm-hmm. we see a much greater you know, private sector skepticism about the China market and continuing to invest in China. Um, but again, you know, th- this is a moment where we have a foreign adversary brazenly violating uh, U.S. sovereignty. You know, that's a thing that, that even private sector leaders should that are American that are right. operating this country should, should care about. Yeah, it is. I think it is has the potential to be a galvanizing moment uh, in all of that. Uh, so tell me, uh, Michael, what's what's next on your radar? What are you watching in terms of next moves or, or next pieces of movement um, that might indicate that maybe we can turn this into kind of a Sputnik moment and, uh, and actually move everything forward? You know, honestly, I'm a bit disappointed that the president didn't take the opportunity of the State of the Union to mm. – you know, to speak to this issue in more detail, right? It, it, was, it was, to me, an, an obvious opportunity to do so. And, you know, the decision not to suggests that, you know, the administration at least is not seeing this this moment. Mm. Um, so, you know, what, what we look for um, beyond that is the, the sorts of legislative initiatives that I point to. So much like after Sputnik, you know, I think that there needs to be a significant investment in higher education here in the United States, again, bo- you know, both focused on on STEM, uh, but also on things like area studies, Chinese yeah. language studies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we need to develop a better understanding of China. That's the sort of thing that I, I think has not been um, popular, uh, especially when it comes to the Republican Party. Maybe this is a moment where that can change. And the other thing I think we look for is um, is is the administration and Congress getting, you know, is getting serious about defense. You know, my opinion, there is a significant uh, mismatch between the the defense strategy that the, the, the administration has outlined and, you know, the budget that they've, that that they have on hand Um, and um, moving towards getting those things aligned is, is an important way for us to ensure that we can actually carry out the strategy that we say we, we want to. So if, if in the wake of this, if in the next year we see significant um, increases in defense spending, that would be huge. I, again, I'm, I'm skeptical that that will, will come about. Yeah, and that, uh, that will ultimately be the, the test, and, uh, and that's where we've got to make sure. I, I shared your disappointment that the president didn't lean into this. I think you know, the, the politics got in the way of saying, hey, this happened, and this is what we're doing about it, and this is a chance to galvanize. I think they saw it as a risky uh, thing that may have shown weakness, and uh, again, those are those are moments I think for all leaders. Again, doesn't matter what party uh, that can can really make the difference. Uh, Michael, we really appreciate your piece. It it does exactly what we want to do, and that is to divide the rage from the reason and elevate the conversation to what we should be talking about and where the country needs to go. Again, uh, Michael Mazza is the non-resident fellow at the American Enterprise Institute, the Global Taiwan Institute, and the German Marshall Fund of the United States. A great thinker, great writer, and uh, Michael, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the very kind words. I appreciate it. So some very important things, again, in light of not just the uh, Chinese balloon that's gone across, but the object that was shot down uh, over American airspace today, I think should create kind of a Sputnik moment for President Biden and for the American people. I think it is a chance. Uh, I don't think it's to the degree of a Sputnik moment. It's not a race to the moon or a race to better spy balloons. But I do think it's an important galvanizing opportunity for the president and for other members of Congress to show political courage and lean into a conversation that we need to have. Uh, this is not the time to, to bend towards what's politically expedient. 
uh, when we compete and deal with China, we've got to lean in, and that's going to require some things that may not be popular but are critically important to the future of the country. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.